0: Hey, this is Danny Heifetz. Before we start the show today, just want to let you know, we thought the show would be shorter today because DK's not here, but you know, we <laughs> finished up. It's like the show's like a little under an hour. And then Craig and I had such a long argument afterward that we decided to keep the entire argument in the show. And you can stick around for it if you want, but we need you to vote in a poll because we want someone to settle this argument. And I don't even know what you argued about, Craig.
1: Um, it kind of boiled down to a, a, an argument about which song was bigger a My Chemical Romance song or a song by the pop band Hanson from the late 90s. So please vote. Every vote counts. Listen to the, this ridiculous banter last 20 minutes of the show. We probably would have cut it, but we thought it was really funny, so we kept it. Please stick around. All right, let's get to the show.
2: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house.
0: Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined by Craig Horlick and that's it. DK is still on vacation because he was too afraid to face me because the Giants are going to wreck the Seahawks. I'm going to hit football. And he's a coward. So we'll see if he ever comes back. It is our week four preview. If you're wondering who to start, who to sit in your lineups, we have our weekly start sit rankings at fantasyfootball.theringer.com. Craig, what's that URL again?
1: Ooh, uh,
0: fantasyfootball.theringer.com. I'm locked in. Bang! Our rankings are free. They're correct. They're beautiful. They're correct. And even if you don't think our rankings are correct, you can just like, we have a magic eight ball that you can just ask if case, if you're like, oh, should I play Tyler Boyd or not? And we're like, don't do it. Then you're like, but I want to, you ask the magic eight ball or no, we can't say magic eight ball because we'll get sued.
1: Is it, is it by Mattel? Who owns the magic eight ball? Is it
0: Mattel? I think it's Mattel. Barbie will sue us.
1: They're not going to sell. They're they're not going to sue. They're doing fine. We can probably get away with it right now. They're busy they have like 20 movies in production now.
0: It would be good for the show if we got sued by Mattel, right? Like net.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really thinking about just throwing Mariah Carey's fantasy as our intro song and just taking the lawsuit in the chin.
0: Just do the little Nas X with the blood shoes. Just like, yeah, that's, yeah. Okay, fantasyfootball.thereo.com. Start sit. All your rankings are there. We'll update those Sunday Link in morning. the bio. Link in the bio. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Danny underscore Heifetz on Twitter. Instagram's Danny Heifetz. Craig is at Craig Krollbeck on Twitter. Obviously so easy to spell, but just in case those are in the episode descriptions too. Emails to ringerfantasyfootball gmail.com. Trivia questions that end at a number. Fantasy court cases. Think vitamin Smith, whatever you want. Alvin Kamara's legs, anything you want. You can even also football questions. Uh we're going to go through start sits, matchups, general vibes entering week four. It's only one place to start, Craig. It's game of the year. Chicago Bears yeah. at the Denver Broncos.
1: That's right. Uh, the 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 loser leaves town. the The loser fires their coach. The loser regrets giving their quarterback two hundred fifty million dollars and paying ninety more million dollars for their
0: coach. I don't know which is it. Definitely all those. I'm kidding. That we're not starting with that game of the year. Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. Undefeated Miami Dolphins at the two and one Buffalo Bills. Dolphins are the greatest show on surf. Great name incredible nickname. It's like one of the best in a long time. I don't think that's a thing yet. We should make it a thing. Someone just tweeted that at us. And I kind of like some random oh, really? person. Oh, I, think I thought that was Katie. like
1: already a thing out there in the zeitgeist. It's not. It ne- I think it will be in like a week because it's such a good name. Well, let's let's take ownership of that then. That's ours now. Like just like Bobby
0: Trees. Yeah, Bobby Trees. Yeah, we, we invented that. We def- no one else yeah. could have possibly come up with Robert Woods being Bobby Trees. <laughs> no. All right. Greatest show on surf. Miami's looking to go 4-0 for the first time since 1995, which is the year that I was born. Wow. 94 for me, but pretty close. Flex. Uh, Miami, most points since 1966. Most yards ever in a game last week. Again, Miami took down the record held by Vitamin Smith's L.A. Rams. So respect Vitamin Smith. The winner of this game will be the first place in the AFC East. And one, I just think it's funny that the Dolphins scored 10 touchdowns this week in are underdogs. You don't see that every day.
1: Yeah, they are three and a half point underdogs. Let me let me double check that on Fandle right now. But three point underdogs, Miami. So they're getting three points. Kind of nuts. This is a real like, what are you up to, Vegas? I guess this is just I mean, everybody and their sister is going to be betting Miami, right? They're like, are you kidding me? Miami, 70 points, 3-0, and getting three points, playing the Bills, who lost to the Jets. And the Bills are probably going to win by like 10. The the Bills, quietly right now, giving up the second least points per game. They're only allowing 11 points per game. Granted, they haven't really played anybody, but this is this is exactly, we were talking about the Cardinals beating the Cowboys last week, right? When DK was, was with us. And we were like, everybody, like, that was a game where everybody, not a single person, in the country would have would have selected the Cardinals to beat the Cowboys. This is this is the game where you predict the the Dolphins letdown. This is where you say, you don't need to start Devon A. Chain. He's going to have seven carries for 38 yards. Like this is the quintessential letdown game. It's going to happen. The Bills are going
0: to win. And the fact that if you f- think that, that you still have to lay a field goal is crazy though. I know. It's just that's just insane. So because I, I I wish DK was here for this, because honestly, we should give the the Dolphins in this game the award for just the Eleanor Roosevelt Memorial, hot, nasty, badass speed. What America was founded on award like this is just DK not here. So you have to do it. Just the Dolphins offense. It's it's the vibrations. The Molly Shannon. The I love when the race cars go by. DK does it better than I do. <laughs> DK, yeah, that was kind of like did you that was like the longest voice crack I've ever heard. Well, that's called acting,
1: Heifetz. That's called That's called method acting. Good save.
0: Uh, I so I, I figured it out though. Honestly, so the Dolphins. I, I I rewatched the game, and I figured out what the Dolphins are doing. I got it. They're a two hand touch offense.
1: Saying like, if you can get two hands on them, you can tackle them, but you can't even do that.
0: I'm saying that if the defense didn't have to tackle them and they could just get them down, like the. Backyard style football, like two-hand touch rule, the Dolphins still would have scored six touchdowns against the Broncos. I'm not kidding. They had <laughs> 10 touchdowns, five or six of the touchdowns. No one got two hands on the guy. Like they're walking in untouched, but not from like a yard, like 30 yards out, 40 yards out, untouched. And I'm like, I, I actually started wondering: what's like the best football team that would beat the Dolphins if you could just knock guys down two-hand touch?
1: I gotta say, d- don't you think that through all this? Uh, people talk about how Patrick Mahomes is the Steph Curry of football. I'm starting to think Tyree kill is the Steph Curry of football. Like the way that he stretches, like what we thought was imaginable on the field, just the way Steph Curry has like expanded, like what was a playable area of the court? What was a, a, a shootable area on the court? Like, I feel like Tyree kill is the MVP of the league. Lombardi was saying this on Bill's pod, And I actually totally agree. If Tyree kills not on this dolphins team and it's Keenan Allen, This is not even remotely the same team. However, if you take Tua, who's the leading MVP candidate right now, and replaced him with, Lombardi was talking about Brock Purdy, you know, whatever quarterback you want that's like average, CJ Stroud right now, like, they might be the exact same team. I'm not sure we're giving Tyree Kill as a player enough credit, which sounds insane, but I I don't even know if people consider him the best wide receiver in the league. It's still kind of Justin Jefferson. Tyree Kill might
0: be the best wide receiver of all time. No, I, I hear what you're saying where it, it it's true with the gravity thing because he's just the fastest player in the league. And I, that sounds hyperbolic, but I actually agree with you. I think he is the best non-quarterback, at least for the season, easily. But there's this thing where um if Tyree Kill, his yards per route run is like depending on the metric, three and a, three and a half, four, five since he joined the Dolphins. Yeah. And if he ran as many routes as Justin Jefferson, he'd be on pace for four thousand receiving yards. And I, I will say though, the, the Warriors <laughs> thing, to your point. I've been thinking. I've actually been thinking about that. Uh, I, Because, you know, all right. You know when, you, when you're driving and like there's a red light coming up, but you can tell it's going to turn green. So you don't stop. You kind of slow down enough so that when it turns green, you time it right and just blow by the other car in the other lane.
1: Yeah, it's like the fake slide. It's like what well, Kenny Pickett did at Pittsburgh where you're like running and he like started yes. to slide and then just actually kept going.
0: yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one that does that. But here's the thing. That's the entire Dolphins offense. Like literally the Dolphins offense is when the play starts, when the light turns green at the snap, Tyreek Hill's already going. And so it's not just that they're already going at the snap. It's that it's Tyreek Hill. So it's basically what the Dolphins have done. Like they've only done three things, but one of they collected the fastest people in the world, right? Like it's Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert. Like everyone saw that stat, I think, where it's like the five fastest ball carriers in the league or like this season are all Dolphins. And then Waddle's not even on the list yet. But then the other part is they're all giving them head starts on every freaking play. They're all already. at So Tyree kills at 16 miles an hour when the ball is snapped. He's at 22 miles an hour, a second or two into the play. And so it's like it's like the car that's going through like when the light turns green is the Lamborghini. It's actually like insane.
1: Yeah. And then not only that, like McDaniels is also having all these players run to like running horizontally, just like completely spreading out the office and cre- the offense or the defense and creating these like massive gaps in the middle of the field, because you have most running one way you have Jalen Waddle running the other way. And then Tyree kill has like, I don't know, a, a, a 20 yard circle in the middle of the field that he can just sit down and catch the ball and, and then break off for a 70 yard touchdown. Uh, I, it's, it's shocking how easy it looks. And it makes me wonder if Mike yeah. McDaniel is a genius Or if this was just obvious the whole time,
0: you know what I mean? Kind of a hundred percent. Like the idea that like motion is legal. And then someone's like, what if we just did that and had guys run fast before the play is insane. Like, it's so funny. It took a hundred years because that's what Canadian football is. In Canadian football, you're allowed to do motion running toward the line of scrimmage at the snap. And that's kind of the trade-off because they only have three downs, not four, but then you can Mm -hmm. run forward. So it's easier to pass. And it's funny that it took a hundred years for teams to actually use that as a true advantage. Cause it is kind of like, what?
1: Yeah, it's like, so like, I think arena football does it too, right? Where you can have one guy just straight towards the line of scrimmage before they snap it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, What he's doing doesn't feel revolutionary, and yet it's revolutionizing offenses right
0: now. It is, though. And I want to be clear about this. Like, I do think it's revolutionary. And here's the thing. The Bills could crush the Dolphins, and this could age very poorly. But I actually think that this is possibly like a total sea change. And I know people who hate the Warriors and are tired of a stomach basketball are probably going to hate this, but I don't care. It really is like the Warriors, and you're not just being a homer. I actually agree with you. Because you know what it does, what the Dolphins are doing? Two things. Tyreek, it's the gravity of him moving and it off. It's like Steph Curry is also like the best off ball mover of like any great player, yes. probably, or at least any. And so, the same way that Steph's sprinting like uh, baseline to baseline, like actually stresses the, uh, the defense, Raheem, like it's the, the Dolphins not only are collecting all these dudes, the fastest guys, and not only are the Dolphins like moving these guys um, at the snap, they're putting them in weird places. Like Raheem Mostert had a touchdown where Tyreek Hill was lined up at tight end. And then they had another and the Tyree kills like sprinting one way and then Raheem Mostert runs the other. And it's very similar when when Steph Curry sprinting to the corner, Clay Thompson's open on the other end. It's like if Tyree kills tight end and they're all figuring out what to do on the other side of the ball, Raheem Mostert gets the ball. What are you supposed to do? It does remind me like the Warriors in 2015, because the Dolphins have broken the law of diminishing returns. Like -hmm. the thing with the Warriors when they emerged was, I think, 2016, the Warriors led the league and like they took the most shots in the league but they also had the highest shooting percentage. Like the Warriors took the most threes, but they also had the, they made threes like at the highest rate. And that's what the Dolphins are
1: doing. Yeah. The philosophy perfectly complements the personnel. And I think that's, what's magical about yes. the Dolphins right now is, is it's, you need both to like truly strike gold. And that's what they have.
0: Well, because Tua is getting rid of the ball faster than anyone, yes. but his average depth of target is top five, like furthest downfield. So think about that. How are you getting rid of the ball faster than anyone? but throwing it deeper. And it's like, because your receivers are further downfield than any receivers have ever been quicker. Like no n- receivers one second of the play have never been this far downfield because they're so freaking fast. Can I ask you a fantasy question from this game? I think there is a really yes. interesting
1: Devon a Devon A-Chan scenario right now. He wants to be, uh, he wants to be referred to as a by the way, uh, from now on, if, for people who don't know. Not A-chain, A-Chan,
0: a I respect Devon a being. You should be able to pronounce your name however you want. With the caveat of like your B- Bijan Robinson, if you take like a sponsorship with Dijon mustard, we're gonna call you Bijan because you're trying to rhyme it for money. But other than that, however, 8chan real close to 8chan. And that's just like, I, that's a brutal Crossed
1: my mind as well. But my, my <laughs> question here is so Devon 8chan A-chan is probably one of the hottest waiver wire additions in years, right? So let's say you got him. You spent 70 bucks, 80 bucks on him or you had the, you know, the best waiver priority. So you got him on your team. Like this guy just put up 50 points last week and he is the fifth best running back overall in fantasy despite, despite essentially playing in one football game this year. Like how many guys are you really playing ahead of Devon H. Han? like if he is on your team and you have like James Conner, who's been awesome this year, like, are you really sitting Devon H. Han for James Conner? I don't know if you are like, I feel like the list of running backs you're actually going to play over this guy. Who's the most like exciting waiver wire ad in years is very, very short. Like, are you playing Joe Mixon over a chain? I don't know.
0: Well, honestly, <laughs> Joe Mixon's a really good pick. Cause it's like the Bengals are going to the Titans and like the best run D in the league basically. And then the Bengals are the worst running offense. Right. Now. The Bengals haven't taken a snap under center. To like a, a running snap under center. They're just doing it all from shotgun again. And so it's like, yeah. I, also, there's the emotional component of you just watch him get 50 points on your bench. Yes. And either you're beating yourself up about that or you're like, well, there's nothing you could have done. But if you bench him again and he goes off again, then you're going to like lose your mind if you lose. It's
1: um, it's like impossible to resist. I like I really think that if you're staring at at Devon A. Chain and like even like, you know. Travis Etienne, James Cook, Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry. No, Etienne,
0: you play. uh, All right, well, all right, let's just do it now then. James Cook, yeah. James Cook, I think, is second in scrimmage yards this year. Etienne's been really good. Those guys, uh, yes. I will say, this is crazy, but if you had to, like, bet your life, I don't know what a better version of that is. Maybe that's rude to say, but, like, if you actually had to bet all, like, whatever you wanted, I'm like, Devon A. Chain or Derrick Henry this week, would you actually take Derrick Henry? fantasy is so weird it, it's like it's, like this guy was a healthy scratch in week one yeah and st- <laughs>
1: yeah but you just you know we're like it's like it's like they like oh they were young crazy kids like we didn't know what we were doing like make mistakes you know like like do, like go after your what your heart tells you like i feel like that is the a chain start this week is like fuck it like i'm riding the wave this is fun this is a movement like they put up 70 points last week I'm just going to do it. Even if it's irrational, even if it doesn't make sense, like I'm I'm doing what my heart tells me to do. I think a lot of people are going to be starting a chain irresponsibly this week. And I get it. I'm I'm here to say it's okay.
0: I agree with you that sometimes you just need to throw caution to the wind and trust your gut. I, I kind of like this though, of just the, what did Bill used to call it? Like the aliens thing? Like if aliens descended from earth?
1: Yeah, he would do like the like aliens point the laser beam down at the the earth and you need one person to like, like score, like who would you pick?
0: What was the, and. Who is the guy that did the
1: video? Kai, get on here. Tell us about it, because Kai loves this video. It's it's Max Kellerman.
4: Yeah, it's it's just one of the greatest like YouTube videos of all time. But essentially, it's like <laughs> I it, correct me if I'm wrong, Craig, because you are our Warriors resident, uh, resident Warriors fan. It was like right after the game, game two of the nineteen finals, and like Andre Godal had just hit a big shot to seal the game for the Warriors. And like next next morning on first take, Max Kellerman and, and Stephen A. were just asked, like, you know, who would you take? For a clutch shot, game game on the line, you know, finals, game two, game seven, whatever. And he was like, fate of the universe, the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. I take Iguodala. And like, the best part of the video is you hear like, it's in like a live audience. And there's like one guy that's like, like, (laughs) "Woo!" There's nothing else. Because it's like, what an insane take. Of everyone on Golden State, open shot. Fate of the
1: universe on the line, or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. I want Iguadala. It, it's it's the nadir of like sports media takes to be honest. It really is. It's like the it's it's such a like we're running out of things to talk about. I just need to like cause some shit and like like ruffle some feathers right now. And then Iguadala later went on the show and they were like, "What do you think about that?" And he was like, "I think you're an idiot."
4: <laughs> yeah, he's like, "It's crazy."
0: You got Steph Clay, Kevin too Durant, much of all time. <laughs> On the That's yeah, literally Kendrick. like if I was like, "All right, you got to pick a Kansas City Chief to throw the game-winning touchdown pass with the world on the line," and I was like, "Kadarius Tony."
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like one of those takes that you, I can't even like entertain it. It's it's so inane. Like, yeah. I, it's it's disrespectful <laughs> to to like sports as a whole.
4: We, we were talking about it the other day. I looked it up. Uh, apparently, he went back to the well and kind of defended it early twenty-two, like January twenty-two. He's like. You know, I still take Iguadala and it's just like you're just digging the grave. It's like that's just it's just not a good hot take. It's like the most hot, insane take with almost nothing to. Be, and Iggy's a good player. It's just kind of wild. It went too far.
1: Some it's hot incredible. takes you respect, despite their hotness. This one was was,
0: was too much. <laughs> okay, so wait, let's do the the Max Kellerman aliens pointing laser beam at Earth. Then, the beam is this pointed is at Earth. This this let's go with this week. The beam okay. is the beam is pointed at Earth. And you have to get this question right. More fantasy points this weekend. Derrick Henry for the Titans or Kyron Williams. <laughs> this is where we're at. Derek Henry's playing
1: the the Bengals and Kyron Williams is playing who? The Colts.
0: Kyron. <laughs> Kyron. how many people listening do you think right now have heard of Kyron Williams? Like three weeks ago. This is what this is the this is the quarter
1: life fantasy crisis. This is we're, we're about to be four weeks into the season, about the quarterway mark, just about. And like if it's like it if it's four weeks of your player disappointing, like it's officially like you're done. Like it's over. If if Derek Henry's bad again, like you're just out. You're like, all right, I I now I'm I'm never going back to this again.
0: All right. Wait, I I like who what are other uh beam pointed okay, beam pointed Earth. Yeah. Josh Jacobs or Zach Moss. God shoot me. <laughs> Raiders um, are playing the Chargers. Colts are playing the Rams. Oh, the Rams are not good, man, against the run. Mind you, our rankings obviously we have Josh Jacobs ranked ahead and we have Derrick Henry ranked ahead. Having said that, I'm going to go with Jacobs, though, against the Chargers,
1: right? The Chargers are terrible against the run. Although, like, Jimmy G might not even play. Like, who's the quarterback? Is it Brian Hoyer?
0: Is it. Brian Hoyer hasn't won a game that he played since Barack Obama was president.
1: It is crazy that, like, Zach Moss, Jerome Ford, you know, Brian Robinson, all of these guys are more reliable now than like these mainstays like Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry. It's a weird turning point. You I, talked about this before. Like it, it we're at a, an inflection point with these legacy running backs who have been around for 4 or 5 years like Kamara's in that group. Dalvin Cook is like already out of the picture now. Like this is really like the last gasp of the guys who have been first rounders for the last 4 or 5 years.
0: So that's just running backs to receivers like right DeAndre Hopkins or like Marvin Mims. Like, <laughs> beam pointed at
1: Earth. They're like exact opposites. Hopkins is getting like 15 targets a game and three catches. And Marvin Mims is playing literally seven snaps a game and still is averaging like 70 yards
0: a catch. All right, if you want our real thoughts, please go to rankings. Don't necessarily bench DeAndre Hopkins for Marvin Mims. However, maybe you should.
1: I get it. I, this is the time to be emotional, you know? Fantasy is an emotional <laughs> game. Sometimes you can't be analytical, all right? You're, you're, you're thinking with your heart,
0: not your brain. All right, other games in Week Four. Uh, the half billion dollar bowl, uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens versus Deshaun Watson and the Browns. Deshaun Watson has the like the biggest, real, the the real actually best contract ever signed by an NFL player, two hundred and thirty million dollars. It's basically an NBA supermax contract. Lamar's deals five years, two sixty, not all guaranteed though. So c- together, Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson are being paid basically half a billion dollars over the next five years, and uh, it's time to figure out whether they're actually good or not. And obviously they're good, but like, it's time to figure out what the hell is going on with these guys.
1: Uh, yeah, man. Lamar going up against the Browns is going to be a real test. And look, you, you're obvious, you're not going to sit him. Lamar's been solid this year. He's the QB seven on the season. So he has he's been. been okay, but he hasn't been, he hasn't been what we still want Lamar to be. Like he's been okay. He's getting by, he's running a lot, but he still hasn't looked like 2019 MVP Lamar. And man, the Browns, like we, I think we are officially now. If the Browns shut down Lamar, they officially become the you-need-to-sit-whoever-you-have-against-this-team defense. Uh, there's usually... Every couple yeah. years, there's one of those in fantasy. But we are getting to the point now where it doesn't matter who you got, and like the list will be very small of players that you will auto-start against the Browns. I want to read a couple of stats about their defense. Three of their 39 possessions... Uh, 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 three of 39 possessions of the drives against the Browns have reached the red zone or scored. Think about that. Three give 39, that's 7%. That's... Opposing offenses are averaging three yards per play against the Browns. Three yards per play. It's the fewest since 1999. Three yards a play. That's, that's a fourth crazy. down every time. Every set of downs, it <laughs> means you're getting to fourth down on average.
0: That's actually insane. I, I also I will say watching them too, it's like, my, you know, I think we blew a lot of smoke up Micah Parsons' ass for the first couple weeks. And I will say Miles Garrett, I think defensive player of the year, like health obviously coming into it. But I think Miles Garrett, is going to win defensive player of the year. Like watching that game, I feel like week one with the Browns defense, we were talking about like F- miles Garrett and finesse, right? He did like the Allen Iverson crossover move. And he kind of like, just cut through like the center, like knife through butter. Like he buried, t- it was like finesse and speed this week. Like the Titans game, miles Garrett was all power. Like he treated like the left tackle looked like a, like a blocking dump, like a blocking sled like he just moved him into Ryan Tannehill it looked effortless and then it also like Derrick Henry not easy to tackle Miles Garrett just tackled him like a like a dummy and i was like I, like it looked like he was doing drills it was crazy and then he also was just a drive killer like the Titans had 5 drives in the first half Miles Garrett ended 4 of the drives
1: i also like that much like the Mike McDaniel motion offense they're like motioning Miles Garrett now like, like they did against the Titans where oh my, they had two yeah. Titans following him. Miles Garrett is just like, he's almost like a free safety as a D lineman where he just like kind of goes wherever he wants and he goes where the offensive yeah. linemen aren't. And they just like put him up against the worst lineman wherever that lineman is and they just have to deal with it.
0: Yo, do you remember the, well, you're Steelers, So the two people, I think, honestly, two people in our childhood that I are like two of the only people, I feel like everything comes and goes, but the two people that I feel like haven't been recreated yet, Troy Palomalo and Ed Reed both had this mm. like freedom as, like, yeah. safeties. To, they just kind of did whatever they wanted on deep. Like, like Paul Amal was, like, the all-time, like, you know, he jumped over the freaking line to stop a QB sneak. But it just felt like they just had this range to freelance. And I feel like this season, honestly, it's a continuation of what we saw in offense the last couple of years, where they were like, well, your best player is to be on the outside. And they're like, actually put Justin Jefferson in the slot, or Cooper Cup, Jamar. Like, just make it as hard as possible to guard them, who cares who they are. And now defense is finally, like, which honestly, something that's been intuitive to everyone who ever played Matted, which is why are we automatically lining up this defensive end against their good player? Like, what if we just put them against the worst player, whether it's an edge or not? Like, and now you're seeing, okay, yeah, Michael Parsons, I, like, just put him over the center if the center sucks. And like, putting Miles Garrett over the worst guard and they're just like, yeah, figure it out. I, I Should we call them
1: the, uh, a, a free end? You like that instead of a D end, a free end? I think that's pretty good. Oh, I, wow. Did you just come up with that? I did. We've never really seen it with the, like with the defensive lineman. I feel like. And it's honestly what I would do in Madden. Like, when I would go back and play with, like, Dwight Freeney, I used to just back up Dwight Freeney. Like, the game would, like, not really want you to do it. You'd have to, like, hold the joystick back for a while yes. to get Dwight Freeney off the yes. line. Yes! But then once you did that, around. you could, yeah. yeah, you'd
0: run to the other side, so you'd, like, overwhelm one side of the offensive line. That was the only way to break down Michael Vick because unless you wanted to do one of them plays where like the QB spy, but yeah, Madden no 4 it was like the only team you could play the Falcons with was like the Peyton Manning Colts, but then you had Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis, but then it, you couldn't have Vick scramble <laughs> yeah. to the side you could throw to because, well, he's lefty, so you had to move Freeney and then at least have Michael Vick run to the other side. That was the only way. Wait, do you think Mike (laughs) McDaniel is actually good because he grew up playing Tecmo Bowl in Madden? I actually saw the story the other day. Like, Mike McDaniel grew up playing Tecmo Bowl. I'm not, this is a real story. Katie Nolan's told the story to Dale Levitard. super random. But anyway, he's childhood friends with Mike McDaniel and they play Tecmo Bowl. And do you know who Mike McDaniel always wanted to be? The Falcons, cool. so he could play with Deion Sanders. And he would mm. move the tech mobile version of that. Is he would move Deion Sanders all the way back. And then no matter what happened, he could just come forward and pick the ball off. Pick six with Deion Sanders. He'd score more on defense than offense. But like, I feel like it's related that Mike McDaniels played video games. And now
1: Tyree Kill's lined up at tight end. And Tyree Kill doesn't even watch film. He also
0: plays Madden to prepare <laughs> yeah. for games. He does. He doesn't watch film. He just play dude. And he was like, Yeah, man, they do a good job. Like the awareness rating. I'm like, okay, cool. Like this cornerback, really smart, aware. I got it now.
1: Like, are we are we like a few years away from like somebody creating like 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 the video game version of like film prep where like coaches are actually just playing like a simulation of a game to figure out what to do? Are we are we is that coming? You think I don't want
0: to get too dark here, but I don't want to get too dark here, but we literally are conducting warfare with kids who are just like playing video games in Kansas and Nevada. So like, yeah. Think we're already on that? What a time we're in! The future is now. Also, I don't want to gloss over this greatest show on surf. I think we can make that a thing. But someone did tweet that at us. I'm yeah. sure it's been said. Free end. Actually, that's like actually we could call it that. That's actually a good name.
1: Like <laughs> well, that's I'm, what not I'm here for. We, we
0: we know people. Wow, That's Let's what I'm paid to do. Down. I'm gonna ask for a raise when I, once we're done. Okay, the, yeah. So anyway, the Ravens are screwed. Who would you actually play? Lamar? You still have to play unless you have an excellent option. But like you're playing, it's probably Lamar. just Lamar and Andrews. Andrews. That's probably it. You can play Zay Flowers if you want, only because they manufacture. If you, again, PPR is stupid, but like Zay Flowers could have nine catches for like 30 yards. So you'll be fine. But like none of the running backs to the Ravens unless you were desperate. But like, I wouldn't play any of those dudes.
2: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house.
0: Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, my favorite bets for this weekend, the Dolphins, I don't know if you heard, scored 10 touchdowns last week, and they're underdogs. So you know what? Maybe they're going to lose. I don't know. But you know what? If the team with 10 touchdowns last week wins this week... You'll feel pretty good about that. I'll take the team that scored 10 touchdowns getting the points. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And FanDuel is now live in Kentucky. Download the app now and take advantage of their great special offers, boosts, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only $10 first deposit required bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Okay. Now we can talk about the Broncos Bears game if you want. I feel like we just had talked to like a nerded out about like good football.
1: I have a name for this game. This is the, this is the stoppable force meets the most movable object (laughs) game of the week. Who's who? The most stoppable force is the bears and the most movable object <laughs> is the Denver defense.
0: What does, what, I, what's the physics answer to when those things meet? I guess the stoppable force is to win, right? I don't know. What, what, what is the answer in physics to the, to the original f- equation of unstoppable force? Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, this is actually really easy. It's the unstoppable force because the immovable object has never moved because it hasn't been moved by a force great enough. Oh, uh, it's all semantics. I uh, just kind of nodded you know it and went, I know. I just kind of went along. I just nodded and was like, okay. It's kind of like what you say about like, oh, everyone's made up of atoms. Okay.
1: (laughs) The Pete Holmes joke. Okay. Yeah. We're just all made up of atoms. Sure. Okay. I'm made up of atoms. This desk is made up of atoms. And yet if I try to put my hand through the desk, it doesn't go through it. That doesn't make any sense.
0: (laughs) Do you know, there's a guy named Lucretius in ancient Greece, who like came up with that idea and wrote a notebook like 3000 years ago. Never thought he was nuts. Never late. Never wrong. Just early.
1: (laughs) Never wrong. Just early. Uh, speaking of the Broncos here, led up seventy points last week. Favored in this game by three and a half points on the road.
0: <laughs> it's just, so, all right. My the first reaction I feel like I had that everyone had was like, "How fucking sad is that for the Bears?" <laughs> like it's the really team sad. loses by fifty, and you're like watching the tape, and you're like, "You're the underdogs to the team that just gave up like the worst defense of like the I modern mean, era." I, I,
1: We are, I mean, we're all kind of like mesmerized by the 70, but
0: so like what, Denver lost by 50. I mean, the Bears lost by like 42. I think think 70, 70, I swear to God, undersells it. 70 undersells it. You know why? They scored 10 touchdowns, which I kind of think is mind blowing. You know what? There was no defense or special teams. Their offense scored five touchdowns in the first half. Then they came back out after halftime and scored another five touchdowns. I think 10 touchdowns is a crazy thing to say out loud. Have Have you ever said 10 touchdowns?
1: Uh, not unless we're talking about a Big 12 game. <laughs> Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, or something like that. Uh, wait, I want to push back. I'm going to pivot. Once again, if, if you take away anything from this show, it's, it's zig when everybody else is zagging. Can I push back on Denver's collapse and Denver as a team? Yeah. Okay. So in this game, the had to let up 70 points. They got destroyed. Cortland Sutton fumbled twice, which is honestly pretty weird at wide receiver. You don't see a lot of fumbles. They were like both big plays and he fumbled twice. Uh, Also, Russ had a really unlucky, like tipped ball at the line that turned into an interception that gave Miami great field position. They scored. The Broncos are eighth in offensive yards per play right now. They are last in defensive yards per play. Their defense is a mess. But like, I don't, I don't know if the Broncos offense in the Russell Wilson experience is as much of a disaster as everybody says. I want to give you, I'm going to do the player X, player Y thing. I'm going to read you one player's stat line and another player's stat line. Player X, 800 passing yards, seven touchdowns, two picks, 99 passer rating. They're the QB5 on the year. The next guy, 791 passing yards, 10 less, six touchdowns, two picks, 99.5 passer rating, exact same passer rating, QB nine right now. That's Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Russ hasn't yeah, been
0: that bad. Yeah, but I you will being disingenuous. Why? Hit me. That's my pushback. Because well, Mahomes got those numbers building a lead and then keeping it to win the football game. And Russell Wilson got all those numbers um, while they were down and losing to like 35 points to Sam Howell's Washington Commanders. One of those was like a Hail Mary. And then. This game, it was like no, again, no, they, they, they were, were down, they were
1: killing was, the commanders. They blew the lead. They they were up, they were up big, and oh, they yeah, blew right. the lead. And it, it was a close <sighs> game against the Raiders in week one. And and look, the first half stats for Russell Wilson against Miami when the game, I mean, it was still a blowout, but it, you know, it wasn't garbage
0: time. He he was good. Okay, no, you're not you're not Jedi mind tricking me. I look, obviously, they're not as all right, if you're saying they're not as bad as last week. Yeah, they're not going to lose by fifty points every single game. I think they're going to win this game by like twenty. That's my take. They should. That's why they're favorite. But I'll, I'll say this. Obviously, like, I, I think that honestly, that's a mainstream take that the Broncos aren't like they'll beat the Bears. I will say this, though. I think obviously it's like the Bears suck and the Broncos will probably beat them. I actually think it's underrated what happens if the Broncos lose this game. Like, it's almost like we're not being talked about enough. It will be worse than the previous week because the oh, Broncos yeah. are in the middle of the worst. The Broncos are in the worst stretch of football in the history of the team. They haven't made the playoffs in seven years. like Not since they were literally added as an expansion team like 60 years ago. So it's the worst stretch ever. They trade for Russell Wilson to fix that. It turns out to be one of the worst trades in the history of the NFL. Like They give up two firsts, two seconds just to give Russell Wilson $160 million. And in exchange, they're a laughing stock And they hand the Seahawks two top 10 picks just so the Seahawks, Geno Smith's better than him anyway, and they go to the playoffs. They bring in Ru- Sean Payton to fix it. Sean Payton, they have to pay a first and a second rounder to New Orleans just to pay Sean Payton like $17 million or whatever a year. And then Sean Payton comes in, loses to the division rival Raiders week one, loses blows the lead to the commanders in week two. Week three gives up the worst per- defensive performance in our parents' lifetimes. Like the most yards ever, we have to go back to Vitamin and Smith. And then if they come in week four, and then if they start 0-4 because they lose to the Bears, who are on a 13-game losing streak, the Bears are coming up on a calendar year since they won a football game. And if they lose this game, it will literally be the rock-bottom moment in the history of the Denver Broncos and actually on the conversation. for If for if the Peyton and Russell Wilson together as big trade, three firsts, three second rounders, and $250 million, to be 0-4, The Bears, that's actually like one of the worst things that's ever happened in any sport.
1: Uh, You're not wrong. I don't disagree. There's no excuse if you lose to the Bears. Like the Dolphins, it's like, all right, this is the
0: greatest show on turf part two.
1: What do you say if you lose to the Justin Field Bears? What
0: What can you say? I'm not saying it's going to happen when I'm sorry if you're a Broncos fan listening to this. I guess what I'm saying is I agree the Broncos win, but how? like I don't actually think we've thought through what will happen if they lose. Like there's actually a lot of pressure on the Broncos to win. The Bears is like, yeah, you all suck. You're probably getting fired. And honestly, Justin Fields could look terrible this week. And as long as he looks good the next few months, like nothing really changes whether they win or not. The Broncos, it's a disaster. Oh, and 4 you're done.
1: Yeah, but what does that mean? What what are they are not gonna fire Sean Payton? Russell Wilson could get benched, but like Sean
0: Payton's not going anywhere. Like, what are the implications I, yeah, actually? I think the implic I I have not bought an ounce of the Russell Wilson being benched stuff. But if they lost this week, Sean Payton will be humiliated, which honestly, as much as every all these athletes and pro athletes want to win, that's one A, one B just right up there is not being embarrassed. Especially for some with people, the shit-talking he's done.
1: He's been kind of, oh you know, my God, yeah. So, it,
0: I'm almost rooting for it, to the be will The one thing I'll say, though, I do think the Broncos, like, if you have them, you should probably play them just because the Bears, I don't know play playing cornerback for them. Like, play Cortland Sutton. Honestly, if you have Russell Wilson, you can. Like, it's bold. But, like, the Bears, they have a terrible pass rush. All they have is their secondary. I think three of their starting four defensive backs are hurt. And then one of the replacements too. So essentially they're down four starters. We'll see it's Thursday. We'll see who actually plays, but um, that's a bad start.
1: Is this game going to make your YouTube TV multi-view screen for games? Is it going to, is it going to make it for you or no?
0: So we've talked about how we need a myers Brig for television. I think that if you're one of those people that can't watch the office, because it's too cringe, or if you're like, I don't like Nathan for you because it makes me uncomfortable, then you shouldn't watch <laughs> Bears Broncos.
1: It's the second hand embarrassment game.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Uh it'll be on my screen. Let's just put it that way. I'll be watching this game. This is my C
0: T V. All right. Next up here, uh, I would like to give the lambs to the Cosmic Slaughter Award. You don't watch Rick and Morty, and neither does DK, but the people who don't I I love Rick and Morty. Maybe we can drop it, Kai, but there's, this, there's a line in Rick and Morty, true level. I, it's not worth explaining. But the point is, this a point where Morty's just like, lambs to the cosmic slaughter! Uh, everything's crooked. Reality is poison. I, I want to go back. I hate this. What's his deal?
1: Go to school, Summer. I'll go in Morty's memory and do a little. Lambs to the cosmic
0: slaughter! And I literally was thinking about that line when I was like, wow, Sam Howell's going to play the Eagles this week?
1: <laughs> the, the man's on pace to break the sack. Shatter. The sack record. I think he's unpaced for over 100 sacks. Uh, going to shatter the all the
0: bones in his body.
1: Yeah. The guy from SpongeBob, the chocolate salesman guy, that is going to be Sam Howell at the end of the season. But look, man, this game, if you can tease the Eagles, I'm not a big teaser guy because it's just hard to win. I mean, I, I, they're, they're fun as hell, but teasers are tough. But man, this year, or this week, the Eagles right now last year when they played the Commanders and they lost and it snapped their streak. They're not losing to the Commanders. They're not losing to Sam Howell. Sam Howell's going to get sacked 10 times. Spreads eight and a half. I, I, tease, tease that down to point and a half.
0: You're golden. Yo, I, this is Sam Howell's fault. Like, it's not like, oh, the offensive line. It's like, Sam Howell needs to get rid of the football. And here's yep. the thing. Sam Howell has two choices this week. Throw the ball away or die.
1: <laughs> what do you think Jacoby Brissett wants? Do you think, do you think Jacoby Brissett is like, hey, you know
0: what? Maybe bench him next week. All right, I actually if, if you if so anyone can answer this question, email me at ringerfantasyfootball.gmail.com. at gmail.com. Why is Jacoby Brissett not a New York Jet? I mean Like why? He won maybe he 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 was better with the Browns last year than Deshaun Watson.
1: I mean, is is it as simple as the commanders don't want to trade a, a really high quality backup quarterback? I mean, if you look across the league, a lot of these high quality backups have already played. Minshew's playing. Jameis Winston's playing. I actually, Heineke's probably going to play. I actually
0: wonder if it's the other way around, but they're not going to bench Sam Howell. Like, I, I mean, maybe they want to because like, wow, he gets sacked a hundred times, he'll get hurt. But no, I I just, I mean, it was in the Washington Post. Like, it was, they, there was a report in the Washington Post that the Howell has the confidence of the coaching staff. Like, I think Desmond Ritter might get benched by the Falcons, but I think Washington, they're like, hey, I think the reality is Howell's Jacoby Brissett, like 31 or whatever. Yeah, it's 30. he was 31 in December. Happy birthday almost. But like, I think they're basically like, This is a weird year anyway. Like the new owner of Josh Harris is more concerned with like, what do we call the team? And he's still hiring bankers and lawyers. And realistically, like no one was overseeing the season. And the only thing you come out of it with is let's see if Sam Howell's any good. Like there's no point in benching the kid. And so I'm like, why wouldn't you just just take a third round pick for Jacoby Brissett? I I don't get it. Just do it. And I don't know why why the Jets don't either.
1: That's probably pretty high, a third-round pick for Jacoby Brissett. I don't know if they get that. I feel like it's a third-round pick Fuck for it, Cousins. Fuck it, you're all in.
0: Oh my God, screw it. It's a third. Like, you're screwed. Like, do it. I don't know. I, look, desperate. Like, it's not like the Eagles, or who would someone wants to give up a first for Sam Darn... Or Sam, not Sam Darnold, Sam Bradford, like the day, like a week before the season when Bridgewater shredded his knee. It's, like, it's a third, whatever.
1: Uh, if we... Jumping back to fantasy here, Brian Robinson, a guy who's been awesome this year, top 10 guy, going up against the Eagles... Who have been kind of a buzzsaw. Let's say you have Devon A. Chain. Are you starting Devon A. Chain or Brian
0: Robinson? Scott Barrett, who
1: does a great job at fantasy
0: points. Uh, he's awesome. He's really good at his job. Basically, Illuminated that Brian Robinson is as game dependent as almost anyone. Like when the Washington's winning the game, he's going to play a lot he's going to get a lot of touches. But when they're losing, Antonio Gibson is there. Now, if Antonio Gibson's been fumbling, so maybe they bench him, but they can't. So I think Robinson, like, I don't think Washington's going to have the lead very much in this game. And I think Brian Robinson's not going to play very much. And when Brian Robinson does play, I don't think he'll have any room because the Washington offensive line sucks. In the Eagles' defensive line rules, and the fact that we allowed the Eagles to get half of the best college defense ever, or the best defense of the decade in college football, half their defense is Georgia now, and Jordan Davis and freaking Jalen Carter. Their two defense, like he's not going to be able to run. I, I, I honestly, if you gave me over under Brian Robinson forty yards in this game, I'd go under.
1: Yeah, this is why one of my core tenets, one of my memento tattoos in fantasy football is I only want running backs on good teams. I hate game script-dependent running backs. It's the worst. And a lot of them are. Yeah, and so you need to go after teams, running backs on good teams. You have to.
0: Yeah, the the plotter on the team that sucks is brutal. Um, it's brutal. It's, Damian other, Pierce is suffering from it right now. Yes. Uh, other The other guy that I was like lambs to the cosmic slaughter, Zach Wilson versus the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. To tell you the truth, I don't even know if it's worth talking about the game itself. I think Zach Wilson versus like the chiefs defense. And when we just saw the chiefs do to the bears, he feels like, 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 like an old school, like a human sacrifice to Taylor Swift. Who's like the queen descending on this game. And he feels like a human. We're going to rip like the chiefs. Travis Kelsey will just like rip his heart out and like burn it on a pencil and offer it like to, to Taylor Swift. It's
1: like Temple of Doom where like they bring one person in and they like rip out his heart, put him in a cage and like lower yes. him into flames. That and this exactly. is just like a, a giant, like, like pagan
0: ceremony. It's either that or Zach Wilson's just the Kevin James meme when he sees Donna Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm
1: already sick of the Swift thing, to be honest. I hate that she's going to be so there. We,
0: we got to revisit this. So we've had days to think about it. I, I, I will say I've noticed a troubling trend you okay. made a very impassioned case on the sunday show that the taylor swift kelsey thing was basically like a pr stunt where yeah it's not like robotic but like it's very like they're playing up a yeah a texting relationship that they hung out now into yep. yeah we'll hang out and have like a date watched by 20 million people and pretend that it's you know and we're not going to lie we're just going to quietly let people believe it's more serious than it is and in exchange yes. kelsey will become an a-list celebrity and then taylor swift can promote herself ahead of her movie that's releasing and try to make 150 million at the box office thought that was a good case i was a little troubled that the breakdown of people who thought craig was right was hundred percent men and the breakdown of people who thought craig was wrong was hundred percent women and I thought that was like very illuminating about our society and perhaps our species what did you you put a poll on instagram or twitter what did you do it was purely the comments on Instagram was the, the people who were like were mad at you were just women and the people who were like, oh, obviously, great point. Were just dudes. And I was like, damn, are we like, <laughs> are we just pigs?
1: I don't think I, I don't think Taylor Swift fans. Uh, I don't think they appreciate any type of rhetoric that suggests that she's not a genuine person.
0: Well, I th- yeah, I think the tough part, I, I don't know. And I'm not going to pretend to be some like freaking expert on anything involved here. But I will say, here are my questions for you. Yeah. The one theory that has cracked me is that apparently, so I guess Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively are good friends with Taylor Swift, and there is like a <laughs> six-boyfriend I can't believe we're of, doing this. I know. Well, it's, it's where we're going to talk about the game and breakdowns. Who cares? Zach Wilson's going to die. It's like, all right, <laughs> we could read his funeral rights. All right, all right. Um, but is that Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively followed Travis Kelsey on Instagram or sorry, they followed like the last four or five of Taylor's boyfriends like a month before it became a thing. And that was kind of like, it really became like not the white smoke, but more like, okay, that was the omen, the foreshadowing. And they did follow Travis Kelsey in like early August on Instagram. And so the theory is actually they have been dating for the month or so. Like, it actually, like, I kind of thought, like, the space between when he slid in the DMs and last week, it kind of all came together in the week. And now I'm wondering if they actually have been hanging out in the last six weeks or so. All because
1: Blake Lively followed Travis Kelsey on Twitter in August. Or on Instagram in August. Instagram. Okay, but let me ask you this. When is the last time that theory was proven correct? Because she, she like, briefly dated Maddie Healy from the 1975. Who knows if that was real? And then she has been engaged and in a relationship for six years. So when is the last time this Instagram evidence has actually come through? Like, are we talking like 2016 is the last time we had
0: evidence of this? Hold on. Let me, um. let me check, let me check the true media. I got to check the EPA per play. Right. Gonna, yeah, pull uh, that up. Pull that up. Snap count.
1: Was she engaged um,
0: to, to Joe Alwyn?
1: I don't even know. God, people are going to murder me. Look, here's what I think. Could they have been chatting? Whatever. So you're saying that Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds followed Travis Kelsey on Instagram prior what? to Travis Kelsey calling her out on his podcast, asking to meet her.
0: I don't. Yes, that is that is the thing. So I think that intrigues me. Why would he publicly
1: say he, he reached out to Taylor Swift and is waiting to hear back if they were already in a relationship?
0: I don't know, man. I'm not a freaking friend. I don't know. I'm not. know i am not aii am just saying games in New York. This game's in New York.
1: It's Sunday Night Football.
0: Her movie yeah. comes out October 13th. Yeah. Next week is in Minnesota and they're at Minnesota. Swift ain't going to Minnesota. I'm sorry. The best question I've heard anyone ask about this was Nate Hubbard, who obviously follows Taylor Swift a lot. Shout out yeah. every single album with Nate and Nora, uh, Nathan and Nora. And Nathan was like, would they be dating if it was March?
1: It, it, I agree. Phenomenal point.
0: No, I actually think Bill asked that question. Oh, was it Bill? Oh, well, there yes. you go. Well, that's why Bill is Bill, because that was a great question. Like, I, yes, like it I, was like the fact that this is just oh yeah they're genuinely totally dating and also she's a movie coming out too. i think no the people were mad at us because it was like she doesn't need the publicity and my thing with that is like well not for her albums because she's a musician but like she's putting out a movie you still need to promote a movie
1: look she what she wants she's trying to be a she's trying to uh, be a four quadrant movie here she wants every demographic coming to this movie and now that she's dating travis kelsey how many boyfriends and husbands and and guys out yeah. there are going to be now okay going to see this that, movie perhaps? I
0: think that's that is the best answer which is I don't I think that's the best answer which is the amount of dads who would have dropped their daughters off who will now go see it and like husbands or partners and maybe we're being extremely gendered and stereotypical about who is a Swift fan and who's a football fan but I mean I don't think we are based on your Instagram comments. I was going to say we really was 100%. Uh, but yeah, you're right that I am more likely to go now to this movie than I was. That is uh, damn. All right.
1: I haven't read those comments. I'll have to dive into those. How are they? Are the Swifties kind to
0: me or do they take me down? Yeah. To which totally. part they they take me down or are they kind? The Swifties were mad that you implied that Taylor Swift needed publicity to which I think is a little like, because they basically, she doesn't promote her albums. I'm like, well, she doesn't need to promote her albums because it exists and everyone freaks out a movie. Like, you want a big opening weekend. Like there's million, tens, millions, tens, hundreds of She does promote her albums. She literally scheduled the
1: last SoFi Stadium show on August 9th, 8-9, to release her 1989 re-release. Like that is, that is branding, point. folks. That is marketing. That's how
0: advertising works. So how... <laughs> Taylor Swift does. Yeah, you're right. The whole thing is this is just how advertising works. It's <laughs> like the whole experiment. We're like, look, I'm sure she like, likes no. him, and
1: they've been chatting, and they're like, I'm sure they're perfectly chummy with one another. But like, this is also beneficial for both of them. So I'm sure they're not dying to get out of this. I'm sure they're not running away from this. It it it, it, it helps everybody. You know what I mean? It's a flywheel.
0: Everyone's winning. So why why stop it? Exactly. It's I mean, look how many people are just like casually hooking up and be like, are we going here? I don't know, but this is fun. But like, you know what's cooler than casual sex is like. Being literally the biggest topic in America.
1: Yeah, I don't think this is an arranged marriage, but like, look, I think they both kind of understand. The, I, they understand how
0: this works. Wow. <laughs> Let's see what DK thinks. All right, fine. Should we talk about football, or is it just like over now?
1: People think people think Sophie Turner will be with her, so we'll see. Keep your eyes peeled.
0: In the box. Oh yeah, because it's in New York. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Yeah. We. Yeah. All right. Emails at, at gmail.com. Too bad DK wasn't here. He'd really be tapped in. Tk would just be like, who's Sophie Turner? <laughs> anyway, okay. Taylor Swift, Kelsey reuniting in Sunday football. Are there like reunions this week. I, I'm just run through them. Oh, nice, Zeke nice is transition. I think that's just kind of weird. Yeah, you know.
1: Remember? Don't you remember uh, back in the day? I used to do the. I used to when I used to edit the show. I used to do the ding every time you'd make an, a, a smooth transition. The real listeners will remember that. Any any transition of yours, I would add a ding.
0: You know, this is our 399th show. Is it? Wow. My God, that's a lot. We we probably should have thought of something. Yeah, we should have thought of something for the 400th show and people email us, but I actually don't. Week four, 400? No DK? Oh, week 400. Yeah. Week four, episode... Oh, wow, that's... Week four. We should have thought of this ahead of time.
1: DK's 4D, and it's
0: our 400th episode. Kind of impressive. Yeah. Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you have thoughts on what we should do for the 400th on Sunday. Okay.
1: Well, we're gonna do we're gonna do a top 400 player
0: ranking for Sunday. Keep an eye out. Highfist will write that. Calvin Ridley's playing against the Falcons, which I think is funny this week. I think that's just like, and they're in London. Also, it's on Disney Plus for children. They're doing like a Toy Story thing on Disney Plus because it's the London game, and you're not gonna watch it. Six thirty in the morning.
1: I'm excited to see like the that's, two minute breakout clip on Twitter, but that's about it. Six thirty in the morning. I guess that's when kids get up. I don't know. Our dad's gonna put that on. I'm
0: not sure. I mean, yeah, they'll put it on and go back to sleep so their kids are entertained. The exact opposite of a, of the Toy Story Disney Plus is the UFC SmackDown of Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. The, re, the Bucks are playing the Saints. and Never mind Jameis is playing against the Bucks. but there are like two good... I feel like we're now in this era of jersey swaps and players and like, look, respect is good and respecting your opponent is good and it's nice. However, I'd be lying if I didn't say I'm, there's a bloodthirsty part of me that... I really do miss the point where athletes hated each other. I feel like they're yeah. a two-receiver cornerback, like... things left where they hate each other and they're both on the same team it's mike evans and marshall natamore and then michael thomas and um carlton davis and like they are both on this game and i I, literally last year in week two we joked about how mike evans and maybe you bunch mike evans because he'll they'll fight and then literally it happened and mike evans was ejected with marshall nata for fighting
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's one of the greatest traditions in football. Uh, I, there's Twitter fights between Carlton Davis and, and Michael Thomas. Um, I, I think you should legitimately consider sitting Mike Evans. I really do. I know that sounds crazy, but if you look at the numbers, like he hasn't had over
0: 65 yards against Marshawn Lattimore in five years. Like this is real. Uh, Mike Clay at ESPN had a crazy number that basically, I, the, basically like Mike Evans versus every other team. The other 30 teams is basically on par with like DeAndre Hopkins or Keaton Allen. And then against the Saints, Mike Evans, just in terms of fantasy points per game, not like style or anything. Mike Evans, when Marshall and Adam shadows, him is basically like Curtis Samuel or like Devontae Parker or Corey Davis.
1: Which, I mean, brings me to Chris Godwin talking about a quarter life fantasy crisis. Like if not now, then when for Chris Godwin, you know, like this needs to be the game.
0: Yeah, I will say someone cut Chris Godwin in a league of mine. And I was like, no, really? No. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I mean, he hasn't been that bad. I was the only one to put in a claim. I know, but I was really? the only one to put in a claim. I wow. dude, I know. Don't even get me started. The other one, Carlton Davis, who's not famous, but um is like a good cornerback for the Bucks, tweeted at Mike Thomas at this point 3 years ago. I bodied you 3 games in a row, little called him little dude. He's the one who called him Slant Boy. <laughs> Elite nickname. <laughs> Elite. He called Mike he called Michael Thomas Slant Boy. <laughs>
1: There's something so belittling uh, about being called Lil Dude. Like, it's such a great dig. Sometimes, like, the dude. simplest, most childish insults actually sting the deepest.
0: Also, Michael Thomas is 6'3". Carl Davis is 6'1". When's the last time we think Michael Thomas was called Little? Like, a little dude? Well, actually, Lyman are probably mean.
1: I think one of the best end zone celebrations, or it doesn't even have to be an end zone celebration, just the best, like, post-reception celebration of the last decade is the, t- is the too small, hand down, move? Like A.J. Brown does it all the time? A.J. Brown? Dude. Yes. There's nothing better. I think it's the coolest one there is. It's so
0: subtle and yet so fucking mean. Too small. It's so good. I will... It's like, if you stick up a middle finger at another dude, that's like, you know, A.J. Brown would be fine for that. But that's so much more insulting.
1: You know what I do? I have my own version of the too small move when I'm in a car because Road Rage is, is rampant the show beef on netflix exemplifies it well um but people have road rage a lot of birds being flipped when you get cut off or something like that my move if i ever get upset in the car thumbs up you cut somebody off somebody cuts you off they speed by you they're looking at you just give them the thumbs up i think it's great it's so petty and passive that it actually makes them more upset and if you get caught on camera doing it or anything like that you didn't do anything wrong the old thumbs up i love it kill them with kindness
0: Yo, know, that's what, didn't Kevin, Kevin said, that's what, Kevin Clark said, that's what Michael Irvin does because, you know, he's extremely famous and walks around. People hate the Cowboys. And then some guy went up to Michael Irvin something, something like, fuck you, motherfucker. Michael Irvin's like, thanks, brother, with a huge smile on his face. And the guy just it's didn't the know best. It
1: to I actually think it's, it's the greatest response. So I highly recommend the thumbs up instead of the, the bird in the car. So you're just a, a real life dad text with
0: the thumbs up. You're just a real yeah. life dad emoji. Which is the. Yep. Hey, we just had our kid. Welcome to the world, Nadia. And you're like, thumbs up. Thumbs up. All right, wait. Speaking of the Saints game, we also have to mention we got wheels up. Alvin Kamara is returning this Mm -hmm. week. So if you have Kamara, you're probably playing him. But more importantly, Mm -hmm. we were talking in our last episode, the Power Hour, for like way too long about how did they weigh Alvin Kamara's legs? Like how did they find out the two pound difference between the legs? And I got to tell you, I'm so proud. We got so many emails from people like, literally dozens and dozens and dozens of emails about how people thought. And what I love was the range of expertise from literal doctors and biophysicists to people who are like, I don't know, but here's my guess. And here's (laughs) what I would do. And I was like, wow, I like the confidence that the people who had no expertise had versus the actual experts was incredible. And I just love it. However, I'm going to just like read you a bunch of things that people said, just answers we got. Uh, an in-body scale with uh, bioelectric impedance technology. Oh, right. And then right. we also got an email from a science teacher who said, "Just used, yeah." And then we got an email from a science teacher who just linked me to the Wikipedia page for displacement theory by Archimedes, where you just put someone in water and then just measure the water that comes out. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> how does that? I, I know. I, I I I don't know. Measure one leg. I feel like I, that's, I don't know, man. I, I thought I have to go back to science class. Clearly someone emailed and said, yeah, they used to cut up a bunch of cadavers and then they measured the proportions of their body weight. And then that's the baseline, but the cadavers probably weren't running back. and so I'm like, yeah, that's probably bad. But I think we got the winning answer from Tyler who Tyler. said dual energy X-ray absorptiometry aka DEXA, which is essentially a full body x-ray that measures density of fat muscle mass and bone and connective tissue. And it can break down by limb versus whole body.
1: I, I We got one email from somebody who was an engineer, I think, and they were, they were just speculating, but they basically were talking about how like, like an insole, like a Dr. Scholl's insole, like measures pressure points. And it's basically like a lot of mini scales. And it was like, imagine that at a larger scale where it's like Alvin Kamara laying on a bed and the bed is made up of hundreds of mini little s- scales. And that's how you can tell which leg is applying more weight on the mini scales. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting point of view.
0: Well, my friends were texting me like, why, why you just use a scale? Why is it hard? I'm like, but how would you get one leg off the scale in a way that you knew that it was equal? But I will say, I think the answer actually is that you actually have to measure <laughs> it. You send electrical currents. And the answer is fat. Oh my, my cat's being fat insulating the ba- There's like basically fat is a bad conductor of electrical current. But water is a good conductor of electrical current. And so fat, water, bone, and muscle all have different electrical conductors. And so they send things and they can measure it. And that account lets them account for the different density of the weight.
1: It feels complicated. I feel like you could kind of just figure out. Like I feel like my scale idea is not bad.
0: All that's to say, it was a good question that I asked. And I'm not stupid. That's all. (laughs) Clearly, there's disagreement. (laughs) Any other games you want to hit or do you want to talk more about the uh, Taylor Swift thing? I feel like we could have gone like, you know, twice as long on that. I think we've done enough Swift. There's a lot of Swift content out there. Nobody needs any more. Welcome with Sunday Night Football. Okay. Next up here. Again, we have big news. We have a contest at FanDuel. FanDuel's letting us run a contest. It's going from week three to week 10. But don't worry. If you missed, it; it's fine. Because you're taking the top five scores from week three to week 10. And we're going to average them. And the person with the highest average will win. So if, if you haven't started yet, that's fine. If you miss one in the middle, it's fine. If you miss two in the middle. It's okay. We're going to take the top five out of those weeks. And then we're going to send you a trophy. You're going to get a lot of stuff. And also our eternal respect. FanDuel.com slash Ringer FFS. And also you just put it in the episode description because Craig thinks me giving URL is stupid because he's like, who puts in a URL these days? But I'm like, why yep. not just tell yep. people? It's FanDuel.com slash Ringer FFS. It's like, that's easy to
1: just go to the pod description. You can click it. It'll take you there. It's great. Try to beat us. I was mediocre last week, so you probably will beat me, but give it a shot.
0: Yes, yeah, same. Uh, who's your star in your scrub this week in your lineup, Craig?
1: Um, my star is Jamar Chase, who had a huge bounce back week. They're playing the, t- uh, the Titans. Can't run the ball on the Titans. I think Joe Burrow's getting healthier and healthier. I love Jamar Chase this week. I think he's going to have a huge game. My, my scrub is Javante Williams. I think Javante Williams actually looks really good this year. They're running back for the Broncos. Um, they've just had pretty tough game script situations, especially last week. I don't know if you heard they lost by 50, but they're playing the Bears this week. I actually like Javante a lot, so that's kind of where I'm at. But I, 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 have, I have a lot of guys around the Jamar Chase. I'm starting Jalen Waddle. You, you have to get some type of Dolphin. He, he's, he might, may or may not play
0: with a concussion, but yeah. To be clear, when we say scrub, we're saying that they're cheap, but good. I'm not saying he sucks. Yeah, but cheaper. I agree with you. I was I thought it was so hard. My my thinking was that the Dolphins are such an obvious team that I was like, I don't know. It's, I feel like you have to galaxy brain a little bit this I'm week. I'm zagging. I didn't do a, I didn't do a chain, I
1: didn't do Tua, I didn't do Tyreek. You gotta zag. Yeah, if you
0: if you have a third I actually I do have Tyreek because I think I went with three elite my stars are, I have McCaffrey Pollard and Tyreek Hill. Oh wow! Like I just, I'm like, I actually think all of them are worth the money. I think Tyreek is, I think Tyreek Hill is going to have two thousand yards this year if he stays healthy and two it is. I actually think it's going to happen. I believe in the Dolphins. Tony Pollard, do you know if Tony Pollard leads the NFL in touches? Yeah. After all the concerns about Tony Pollard leads the touches, so he's actually due for more points. And McCaffrey's McCaffrey. So then I was like, okay, I need some real zags. My like, if I'm going to go with McCaffrey, Pollard, Tyreek. So you know what my scrubs are? I'm stacking Michael Thomas and Rashid Shaheed with Jameis Winston. <laughs> I kind of love that the deep ball. I'm just like, it, like, how Jamis. shocked! It's a probably a terrible strategy, but I'm like, you need to beat like a lot of people. So I'm like, would you, how shocked would you be if Jameis Winston had 400 yards and like three touchdowns, two to Michael Thomas, and like one bomb to Shahid?
1: Well, well, yeah. What's nice about it is like you just need one play from Shahid to kind of earn his points. That's why I'm starting yes. Gabe Davis because I'm like, you, you just need one ball to Gabe Dave or one ball to Shahid, and you can make up an entire day's worth
0: of points. And on the same note, you mentioned the Broncos. I have Marvin Mims for Denver because, again, he is what? He, the, the Broncos, if you include kickoffs, Broncos have four plays over 50 yards, and Marvin Mims has three of them, even though he plays like eight snaps a game. Also, Jake Ferguson for the Cowboys, I think, is due for a touchdown. So, all right. Fandle.com slash ringer FFS. Check out the contest. Join, play against us. You can try beat to Craig beat us.
1: And, and then you can shit talk us on Twitter that you know more about us when you beat
0: us in our daily lineups. Like, what, what's better or than that? Or the Instagram comments. Or the Instagram yeah. comments, Danny on Instagram, just slide in and be like, not only are you uh, totally dismissing Taylor's like genuineness, Craig, but also what a horrific call on not having Devon A. Chain week, two weeks in a row. Right. It's a similar crowd. What is the Venn diagram?
1: Of people who are going to criticize me about whether or not I should start Devon A. Chain and, and the people who have strong Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey relationship thoughts. It's probably like yeah. everybody who works at the Ringer, and that's kind of it.
0: Yeah, probably. We'll see. All right. Thank you to FanDuel. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Craig. Well, thanks to DK. It's not even here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Emails to ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com. Send. There's a lot of things we just discussed. Emails, whatever. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Jonas Brothers. We wow. Like, yeah, that's leading right. into it. Anyone all of them? All three? No regrets? Not even a letter? Specifically
1: Kevin. The poor guy gets no love. It's all Nick and Joe. What's up with them? I think
0: he's just like married and he's like 40 and he's just like living a life. So I <laughs> honestly did. I didn't even realize Sophie Turner and Jonas had kids. I just knew it was like, oh, they got married like drunkenly in Vegas. And it was like, oh, that's yeah, nice. They, How lovely to marry the guy who's a poster on your wall. And oof.
1: You know, if you kind of think about it. Are we like, can you make a parallel for me, you, and DK to the Jonas Brothers? Like, DK, the only reason I'm saying it is because DK is obviously Kevin.
0: <laughs> I got to tell you, I don't know them apart. What? I don't even know the third one's name. Joe, Joe Kevin, and who? I, I, I wait. I, Nick. Who's married? Nick, right.
1: Nick has like the um, biggest solo career. Um, Kevin is the I, older I, one who's all married. one
0: person, though. Like, I don't
1: know yeah, but there, there are Nick's solo songs that you know. Like levels is a song that you definitely know by Nick Jonas.
0: Who's married to Priyanka? Uh, Nick Jonas. Honestly, I just know that's what makes you beautiful. But like, what else have they done? And like, that's what makes you beautiful is One Direction. You absolute fool! What's the one? What's the one where they're talking about? uh, What's the one? You know, dunna dunna. Like, what's the? What is that one?
1: That's One Direction. You're insecure. Oh, that's you don't know you're beautiful.
0: It's not the Jonas Brothers. No, it's oh, not. okay. What's the what's the one with that's popular that they did the recently? Sucker, I'm a sucker for you. That one. I don't think that's
1: Jonas Brothers either, is it?
0: That is. I think that, that's that is dance. I think that's that is Joe
1: Jonas's. Kai, uh, other Kai, bands. get in here.
4: Oh no, it is Jonas Brothers. It is Jonas Brothers. Yeah, you you missed on a lot of those. But Year 3000, Burning Up, SOS, those are. Bangers. Damn, Kai. Those are great songs.
0: You know what the Jonas Brothers are to me? You know that meme of like all the, the the white dudes sitting at the baseball game with like their faces like boom, 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 and they all look exactly the same? Like the Jonas Brothers in my head are just all like the same guy.
1: They're like the Hanson Brothers. Remember them?
4: No. Who's that? What? Mbop? You don't know Mbop? The Hanson Brothers? I feel like this is a good time to, to just uh, come clean and confession that I don't know <laughs> most of the people that you guys name. At this you don't
1: point. know Hanson? And the Hanson Brothers in the Hanson. song
0: Mbop. Mbop was a massive song. I, I, Mbop. No clue. I'm, what? M-M-M-Bop. Dude, it's hard to so communicate. so many ghosts right now yelling. E- email us or your fantasyfootballgmail.com if you're mad.
1: It's hard to sing because there's no real lyrics. It's all like gibberish. Oh. Like the chorus is gibberish. Well, maybe that's why I've never heard of Hanson. <laughs> You've definitely heard of Hanson. They're like three blonde brothers <laughs> and... Imba yeah, is a, like mass- a massive song.
4: Is this their biggest song?
1: Yeah, I, I I think they're more of a one-hit wonder. But
0: they were the song is huge. We need a word or a term, it's one for the show, but generally in society where it's like I know the song, but I don't know who did it, and that's fine. No. Yes. I'm supposed to know, like, I, the, all right. How many <laughs> songs have you in your life have you been like, I know the words. You're like, wow, I can't believe I know the words to this. And You're like, what's the name of the song? You're like, I have no idea, but you can sing the chorus. Yeah, but there's a like, difference here. There's
1: a difference between knowing the name of the song, which I think is very hard. And I agree with you. Knowing the artist is a different
0: story. You were making a case that you don't need to know the artist. The first, you're right. The first thing I said is, I think, not undisputable, but like everyone would be like, oh yeah, what's the name of the song? But the artist thing I think is in the middle though. Where it's like, you don't have to know the, you know, the song and the artist is halfway between the title, but like, yeah, I don't care where Hanson is, but yeah, I played it. I've heard the song. <laughs> oh yeah. I've heard it. Okay.
1: They were just like a thing. They were really popular. They like, look, they're like these like three long haired blonde brothers. They were just like, a, you know, a, 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 a big piece of pop culture for a, a small portion of time.
4: It was Big Time Rush before y'all's time? Yeah. I don't have any relationship with Big
0: Time Rush. I'm worried Kai's going to be like Beethoven. What was he like when you were growing up? He's like, what was Led Zeppelin like in person? <laughs> Seriously, though, is he good? Did you know Usher is a musician or were you, did you just grow up being like, that's Justin Bieber's mentor? No,
4: of course I knew Usher as a musician.
1: Also, Big Time Rush was active from '09 to now. So like, they're not before our time.
4: <laughs> well, no, they came back. They they broke. They had the little. They had a show for like three years, and they had a bunch of bangers. And then halfway there, if you're a big time rush fan, is is incredible. Um, but no, then they, they came back together in like 2020 or 2021 recently. So like they had they had a break uh, in they, there. So that's probably but you, why you saying
1: don't... is 2009 before our time. That's almost that was our time. Yeah,
4: there's no way you were watching Big Time Rush the show at that. Like well, how we were old in
0: ninth were grade? Oh, so I should have said how old do you think we were in freaking.
1: Yeah, I was in like, I was like 15 <laughs> years old. So, like, that's, that's the exactly perfect time that's to watch your time. That. Yeah.
4: I don't know. I think it's like middle school. That's when I, that's how old I was watching it. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe wrong. you know
1: what you're, I don't know why I'm arguing this. I don't know anything about Big Time
4: Rush. Yes.
0: I
1: didn't
4: even know they had a
0: show. Just telling, I'm just <laughs> telling Guy when you watch the show. Are kids like now, like in 10 years, going to be talking about like different episodes of Bluey the way we talk about Spongebob?
1: I don't know. Is, does, does <laughs> Bluey skew like into your, Later you're right. years I, as a child. Too young, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's probably the second graders are gathering around being like, remember Bluey back in the day?
1: I think seventh graders
0: now are just like, like on TikTok, like watching vlogs. Great. Wait, have we, I I, so I feel like we're like of the generation where we're like, oh, yeah, like I don't want my kids to have like screens. Like screens are poisoning my mind. And then it's like, now I'm getting closer to the point I'm like, oh, you can't make kids sit still if you don't hand them a phone. I get it now.
1: I don't think you can make them sit still. Either way, I was at a dinner the last night or the other night and there was two parents with their kids. The kids had phones and they were just- At your table? Going or ape shit. Or you
0: calling out someone you know?
1: No, next to us. They were next to us. And okay. the kids had phones and they were filming things, taking photos, running around, doing stuff with the food, taking photos of the food. I think you're just screwed either way. I think kids will always be a menace to society,
0: no matter what technology we have. Dude, defin- so many songs I didn't get when I was younger. And I'm like, oh, dude, the, that song, again, don't know the name. It's like teen- It's called Teenagers. It's like Teenagers Scare the shit out of me. I'm not going to yell don't it. Yeah, you know, it's called Teenagers. Yes, you do. Don't make me do it. Well, it's because he's yelling. It's Teenagers Scare. Is it My Chemical Romance? Yeah. Yeah, maybe I know it. And I'm like, I didn't get it. but now I get it. That's a much bigger song than the song you were giving me crap over. Uh,
1: perhaps, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell because like, y- you can't look at streams now because Umbop came out in 97. <laughs> so so teenagers the streams by are not My Chemical high.
0: Romance is bigger than Mbop by Hansen. I, I, I actually think I disagree with you. Dude, we're going to have no to put way. up another
1: poll. What was a bigger deal? Teenagers by My Chemical Romance or Mbop by Hansen. In the moment in 1997, when the internet was very nascent, Umbop was a fucking big deal. You, you just couldn't tweet about it and put it on YouTube. Dude, My Chemical Romance was a much bigger... You you know who My Chemical Romance is, right? Yes, obviously I fucking know, but they have a million big songs. So I I don't think this one song was as culturally defining as Mbop, who burst onto the scene, these three brothers, with this, yeah, with this
0: banger. My Chemical Romance, oh cool, it's one of their 20 hits. I actually, I I wasn't sure if we were going to keep this or not, but now I almost want to just to hear from people. Like, I want the people who've stuck with us this long to email us Ringer Fantasy Football Gmail and like let us know what you think. And I don't I don't even think we should have the episode be this long, but now I'm like, I kind of want, I kind of want feedback on this. I'm like hyped up. I'm like mad now. Is it their is it their <laughs> biggest song? Is it their number one biggest song we think? It's 170 million is views. Is Big Time Rush in. bigger than
4: Hanson?
1: That's my question. Kai, listen, the, the big time rush thing is over.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've moved on. <laughs> Teenagers is the number one song for my chemical romance. It's 800 million streams.
1: Oh, I I do remember
0: the song. (laughs) No, let me stop. Oh, no, I'm still recording. Are you recording?
1: Yeah, I'm still recording.
0: Yeah, you're still recording. But you, I mean, you
1: said I would know it. Like, I wasn't disputing that I wouldn't have heard of it. Oh, but it's a big. It's the biggest.
0: It's bigger than Mbop by Hanson. I,
1: I don't agree. Put this into fuck it, dude. All right, I'm put an, all I, that I'm into. sticking to my roots here. I, I'm saying Mbop had a bigger splash. But again, it's harder to know. You were in the late '90s. Things didn't spread the same way they could in the mid 2000s. The song was 2006. Oh, I late think. '90s, you were five. So, and yeah, you're right. Now, that's actually a testament to how big the song was. That I I knew it probably when I was 10 or 12, which means five or seven years later, that song was still big. How can we figure this out? A poll has to be the only way.
2: (laughs) All
0: right. Goodbye, everyone. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, one 800 522 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call one 800 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.